Imperial Majesty Emperor Haile Selassie I, just known as the age of him. And we have a special episode for this one, for this this light, this day. And we just give thanks for all those tuning in and present and listening. And it's under the sound of I and I voice. We have a guest up in the room, Ross Wayne. Um, big, 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 big uh, role model and pillar within the Rastafari community here in the DMV area. An organization I adore, a professor in one of the prestigious universities here in Maryland. And just, you know, we're here to reason it out, man. We got an event coming up pretty soon. So we just want to, you know, put that sound, put that awareness out there for one that wants to come through. But you'll definitely know more about it. But before I speak anymore, I'm going to have Ross Wayne say a few, say a few things, you know, let the people recognize his voice. Yes, I listen to the first blessings and love my brother, Rashamo. Yes, it is indeed a privilege to sit up with the eye and to also reach the eye's audience in service of His Majesty Emperor Haile Selassie I. You know, what we seek to do is not to self-promote, but really to look at ways in which we can engage ones for the greater good of our humanity in service of the King of Kings. So, it's a privilege and an honor, my brother, an honor, yeah? Blessings. Much thanks. Much thanks for that. And um, we're going to start off, as usual, with our words sound from His Imperial Majesty, Emperor Haile Selassie I, from out the book, The Wise Mind. Grab this book, very small, can fit in your pocket, with a lot of wise words for everyone. And we're going to come out the chapter of unity and brotherhood. And I'm going to pick out a few, and um, we just probably expand on it some, and um, just build from there. Starting with the first one. And it's not a racist thing, but hey, his majesty sits and he says this, wherever there's African blood, there's a basis for greater African unity, you know, and we can go deeper on that in regards to African blood, you know, but I remember there's a speech, Ross Wayne, to charter course. And I remember that I said it years ago when I came in, um, participated in the ISIS across the street and um, you gave the speech, uh, always speaking on to charter course. And as a, as a, part of the speech towards the end that stays with me to this day i always say it. but he was talking about and i mean who was talking about someone his majesty his majesty was saying that in regards to colonialism and uh just the power and how aggressive it was to changing people's spirituality or their freedom of spirituality their freedom of way of life he blocked the sound and said that you know we want to give honor to those people who fought against the colonial, uh, fought against uh, colonialism and uh, religious dominance, and um, you know just fought against the resistance. And whenever Africans one on ones meet, we all can revere these people, you know. So that stick out most to me a lot because no matter if you're Rastafari or you know a Muslim, he was Israelite, or even a person that practiced. Um, Yoruba, this is the recognition of our ancestors, the people that fought for us, the people that laid their lives on the line 
for injustice, you know, to always be remembered in this day and time. So when I hear them words about where African um, brothers come together and we must unite, I think of also honoring those who came before us. Because at least that gives us an idea of where we should be going or the mantle, where the mantle left off and how we should pick up and carry on the message of those who were brave enough to fulfill the mission, you know? A little curious about what the eye has to say, you know, because I know he's a historian, you know what I mean? So you can definitely expand on um, what you get from them, those words. Yes, I give thanks. You know, um, His Majesty in his delivery is always specific to time and space. Yeah, Some of those deliveries still are important today and um, resonates in our reality. So with regard to our, our ancestors and those who have fought that valiant battle against colonial oppression, um, not only does His Majesty require I and I to salute those people, but he himself did it. You know, he recognized, for instance, and many people talk about controversies between Garvey and His Majesty in terms of some of the things Garvey wrote. But when His Majesty visited Jamaica in 1966, he went and later read at the tomb of Marcus Garvey, uh, therefore actualizing the reality of saluting ones who have fought that, that valiant battle. He also, on numerous occasions, made mention of people like um, uh, Martin Luther King and others who, and even just African Americans who fought um, for quote-unquote civil rights in America, but just the, the, the platform that they laid in terms of a struggle. He certainly recognized, acknowledged, and gave um, salute to these people. I, I and I people, the ancestors who have gone before and have been part of this great struggle. Um, but he also says some other important things that I think equally should resonate in our consciousness because many times our people, because of the, the level of affliction that we've gone through and the egregious nature of the atrocities against, against us, um, or people sometimes stay in that space, you know. And you know, while we must fight, he also says that we must not let the atrocities that were committed against us prevent us from initiating action, even with the people um, who did things against us. Yes, so he says we should not miss those opportunities because they will come. And he himself, by virtue of his own life example, proved this because he re-engaged Italy, a nation and a people who, who committed significant atrocities against the Ethiopian people. Yes, in fact, his master said they tried to wipe out the Ethiopian race. Yes, but he, by virtue of his own example, re-engaged the Italians and re-established diplomatic links and even um, links of friendship. Yes, because representing that not all people within a certain um, box, whether the label is national or racial or social, but not all people in those boxes are enemies. And so, you know, I and I must be prepared, therefore, to engage, even as we remember and salute our, our good um, ancestors and those who have fought, you know, we have to ensure that 
we are prepared to engage those people and be able to reap the benefits of those engagements because our humanity is not separate, you know. Um, and I hasten to add this because part of the thrust today, as was yesterday and perhaps will be tomorrow, is to ensure that there is um, African unity, yes? And in the context of African unity, many people see it as, you know, just you know, doing business with black people, doing, you know, engaging black resources and looking at all those resources and almost like placing it in a box again. Yes, and that is important to a certain degree where we must recognize that our communities are disenfranchised economically, that our dollars go outside of our communities. But we are still part of a one humanity, part of a one family. And so our engagements must be um, you know, mindful of those facts so that we don't become all consumed with um, the wrongs that have been um, done against us and this notion that um, we can fly alone. Yes, His Majesty consistently demonstrated that if people work together, people with common goals and common goodness work together, then we have a greater humanity. And that's the mission of Rastafari in any case. Yes, so give thanks. I give thanks for that word sound, man. And just to back up what the eye is saying, His Majesty said on the third quote, our greatest asset is our unity and we must exploit it to the fullest. It's a need, man. <laughs> it's a need. And um, I know we have a lot of differences amongst each other, which we should have. You know, we are very unique individuals with our own thoughts, our own beliefs, um, own way how, uh, how life has, you know, prepared itself for us. But nevertheless, man, the, the greater mission is how we can develop the community or how we can better ourselves. And we can't do it by ourselves. No man is an island. You know, I love how, as Maggie said, how religion is personal, but the state is for all, you know, and um, that's very powerful, man. It's very, very powerful because a lot of our beliefs or the way we, we carry ourselves can be offensive to some people sometimes. And and sometimes it's very uplifting for us to even uh, block a sound or even share our thoughts and our beliefs because it's, it's it, it, it like heals the soul, you know, and you just want to get the joy out. But some people that may not feel the same type of joy. But that shouldn't be the stopping block for us linking together, you know. You know, uh, spirituality is very, very important, but it's on a could be on an individual basis sometimes, you know. It can't be for maybe a whole group of people at the same time. Everyone has their own way of doing things and serving the most high. But um, you know, it's, it's the unity is very important. We should not let things uh, come in, you know, our way and, and prevent the progress from happening. You know, um, before we started reasoning, we was talking about uh, furloughs and what's going on in, in politics and with the president and stuff like that. And I feel like with all that's going on, this is a big, it's a great opportunity for people who is not receiving a paycheck like they normally have and, you know, call on one-on-ones, not for like a free hand up, but we should have already something set up, you know, where we can work off our talents, you know. Um, yeah, we may be employees for, you know, for a job or whatever, but we have other skills and things that we can do within the community to help bring in extra income as well too. But something that holds us back, man, from really collaborating, sometimes we trust. 
sometimes you don't trust your neighbor, the person next door, you know, and um, things like that have to change as well too. And, and and so it's it's a process, you know, one day at a time. But we see where the void is and how we can fill it up, you know what I mean? And, and that's a great thing as well too. Um, on a personal level, Ross Wayne, I just want to ask you, man, can you can you let the people know? How you got started in Rastafari? I know when we talked, and you was telling me, and I think it's a great story. And you don't have to share this story, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I remember you was telling me how when you first started out, you know, you was um, not on the corner, but you knew your word, you knew the Bible. You know, anyone came to you, you had scripture, um, and so that to me, I think everyone is beginning. Not everyone's majority of people's beginning. That's in Rastafari. I kind of had the same beginning. When I first got started, I started on the church too, studying the Bible, reading the Word, and it's through the Word I came to the light of His Majesty. You know, so I just want to see if there's the connection there as well too. You know what I mean? So. Yes, well, give thanks. The 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 sound is true and real. Um, our people in this space have you know some common bonds that those are the things that we ought to work on and work through and work with um, and you speak of unity those are the things perhaps that also unites us even those who are non-dreadlock Rasta but are Rasta indeed those who don't claim Rastafari but in reality they are doing their people to be respected they are leaders to be respected as Rastafari interprets to be yes so you know the experiential past of our people is framed within you know a Christian narrative you know the colonial experience also came with that as, a, as part of the package you know the learning tool for people came as the Bible almost writ large you know those who had the opportunity to either read or hear and so even in the Rastafari movement that's the very foundation of the movement the elders because they are seers and visionaries and the tool that came to them they were able to decipher that tool which is again the Bible and they saw his majesty and we still see his majesty and his glory in the Bible um, so yes Simon came through that to that vehicle and um, I'm thankful because in that vehicle, even though at one stage, you know, I too, like some, um, rejected parts of the Bible because of what it represents, you know, language-wise, but I'm able to, you know, that is kind of part of the youthful evolution. But then you go forward again to your root and your, your, your vine, you know, and the Bible is that rallying point um, but we are liberated enough to criticize things you know even if it comes out of the Bible if it do, if it doesn't comport with our humanity if its interpretation or use doesn't comport with our humanity we are we're unafraid to to raise those issues and challenge them but you know we still find virtue in it and as his majesty says for himself and I'll say for myself, I glory, I glory is in the Bible because it speaks of our narrative and our story as it does of his majesty. Uh, but to touch on something else that I spoke of in terms of just, you know, the dynamic relations and how unity is an essential component. 
sometimes our interpretation of that becomes an albatross around our neck because we're seeking total unity because unity suggests a totality and perhaps in reality we need to compartmentalize you know those airs of unity that we have in common because we will not have complete unity on all things as is my experience that in 1963 with the nations of the freed African states he literally had to say listen unity is the is the is the goal however there are things that we can work on right now that brings us there and I think as part of a challenge even within Rastafari and that occurred in my life so I can speak from my experience where I have met professional Rastafari people well um, organized and rounded in the secular world and the secular activities and um, when it came to duties to Rastafari I, I did not see the transfer of those skills and I was very critical of those ones in the past. And while I criticize myself for not stepping up to my fullest potential, I am now much more cautious in how I examine, examine other people and their activities. Because, you know, Aina is not aware of all the challenges people go through and how some things, especially in the space of spirituality, how some things impact the lives of people. And so, as part of my own growth curve, I am becoming more tolerant, greater in outlook, larger in outlook, yes, and giving space for human development because I recognize my own weaknesses even as I evolve as a Rastaman, you know. But yes, my journey has been on that same street of, you know, the Bible, the Christian narrative, the questioning of it, the exposure to His Majesty through it and then now re-examining it yes for its virtue but also for its larger message of goodness yes and the bible is not unique in that regard either because the more i examine the other text the other uh, religious and spiritual text that is out there you see this common thread that you know is weaved and webbed throughout all of these narratives it's a, it's, a, it's a web of goodness. And so that is the commonality that our human experience um, entails. And if I and I can gravitate to that and then not look at the labels and the boxes, then I and I will find more that I and I can work with within our humanity and within people of different class, nations, and certainly races, the constructed races, yes? Yeah, man, Rastafari. Yes, I, the, the bigger message is uh, good over evil. And if we, um, same thing, if we remove the labels, remove the boxes, and just look at the message alone, the spirit of the message, as the words say, which is a very powerful sound too, not to follow it by the letter, but by the spirit, um, it's life, man. And we could, we could definitely uh, do some great things with it, and some marvelous and wonderful works. Um, so let's speak about Idor, you know, and how Idor is moving forward into that message. Um, it definitely has attracted me. I've been coming to you guys' events for uh, maybe a few, four years now. 
you know, and it always been love, it always been great, giving people a platform to show up them talents, uh, giving a platform to speak on Rastafari works, to hail up his majesty in the Baltimore area, the D.C. area, you're the only ones I know in the area that's doing it, you know, and I know it's one of the ones around, you know, I, no judgment against them, not to be criticized, everyone has their time and their space, but right now, I doors time is shining, and um, I just want the eye to speak on, um, I guess you're rolling eye door, first there and then the works that's coming up as well too yes 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 you know the universal development of rastafari idor it's a 501c3 u.s non-profit cooperation so we you know and i really took the time to lay an, a strong foundation organizational foundation and um, to use that as a platform to do the work of His Majesty. Uh, the core mission of IDOR is education, yes? It's to spread the teachings of His Majesty, not to embellish it, not to, I mean, we can provide analysis and some critique or some, you know, uh, conversation about certain things, but certainly. Ainai rule is to present it as His Majesty has delivered it. And the only framing that Ainai seek to do is to place His Majesty in time and space because certain parts of His Majesty's message is very specific to time. Yes? Even as it transcends space. There I see it. So, you know, the Universal Development of Rastafari is, is, has, was established in 2004. So, this May, we are 15 years strong. Yes? And we'll celebrate that, that Earth Strong in September, in the New Year, Ethiopian Year. Um, and we have done a tremendous amount of things in, in, you know, in our 15 years. You know, we started with very strong support for um, the base, the groundation, Ethiopia, Shashamani, Ethiopia. We supported elders, we established an elders medical project there. Um, and we worked with those elders, provided, you know, dignified uh, health services. Um, on the occasions when we had transitions of our elders, we were able to step forward and support a dignified process for those elders. Um, and I and I continue because that project has now morphed into an Ancient of Days project um, and has a few collaborators that um, helps to support that project. But IDOR continues to be a mainstay. Um, IDOR also publishes a book called Haile Selassie Teachings for Life and Liberty. Um, and that book, we have distributed that on the continent of Africa, in Kenya, in Ghana, in Ethiopia. We have distributed it in, in Trinidad, in Jamaica, and across the United States. And we have done it for free, by the way, you know, with I, you know, just the, the putting together of resources by individuals. Um, but it is a powerful book. We have had many requests for, for it and people testify about its value to their, their daily um, um, drudgery, you know, how it helps to ease some of that and give, the, give them that kind of agitation that is necessary as they reflect on His Majesty's life and words. Um, I do also as a prison ministry. And I started in that prison ministry as a volunteer in Maryland. You know, in fact, we initiated that ministry because you had brothers and sisters who were writing to say, we're incarcerated, we need help. 
you know and there's nothing that speaks to Ainai's sense of spirituality while incarcerated so Ainai started that in Jessup, Maryland in 2013 and that has transported Ainai also knowing being one of two um, chaplain statewide chaplain for the state of New York yes where we provide um, uh, assistance spiritual assistance to incarcerated brothers and sisters in those um, uh, entities in those facilities and also provide the state um, interpretive analysis on some of their actions to make it comport with what is Rastafari what is good for Rastafari individuals who are incarcerated so you know and Idor continues to to you know hold fast on the celebrations of his majesty important dates of his majesty important pan-african dates including Garvey's birthday you know and do family days in the community and do you know community lectures and like things in the libraries trying to maintain establish and maintain a presence so that once can know that the work of Rastafari is not just in the arts you know people do see Rastafari and say well are you a musician <laughs> you know and of course we're musicians because we have pipes and we have drums you know and we have shakas however our mission really is to live Rastafari is to teach Rastafari but not through words if necessary we use words but it's through the liberty you know, I and I physical temple, the embodiment of the man himself, to demonstrate daily that character of goodness. And so that is the mission of Idor. And I'm happy to be one soldier. You know, we have others, very good brothers and sisters, who are working in legal areas, in engineering areas, in, in you know, teaching and education, a whole host of, of disciplines that I and I people have mastered those crafts in and are representing it daily in their lives um, and are willing to transfer some of those skill sets on the continent and across the needed spaces of Pan-Africa. Um, so, IDOR has much more to do. Um, in fact, we're in, in, we're moving forward toward a project, embarking on a project um, using the message music of Bob Marley, and we'll have that launch um, on February 9th here in Baltimore at a place called Madison House for East Madison Avenue in Baltimore City. But, you know, that that project is one of those Ivine projects that His Majesty brought to us and tested us with, you know, to say, are, are you prepared, my children, to go into that space that I have designed, that member of a new race? Yes? So, in um, approaching it from that perspective, it is the universality of goodness that um, the project seems, seeks to look at um, using the vehicle of Bob Marley's music, which speaks universally, which appeals to all individuals within our, our creation, um, which is loved by uh, members of all races, <laughs> yes? Um, and the collaboration that we seek to do right now is very consistent with um, the principles His Majesty of Tata and I. 
that and I focus first becomes on self, elevating self, but also in collaborating with good people across the spectrum of our humanity. And so it has been a labor of love. It is a challenging labor so far, but um, the project is maturing. It's moving. People are gravitating to it. We're having discussions. You, my brother, is part of that uh, team that um, seeks to launch this project. And on April, um, I'm sorry, on January, on February 9th, um, we will know how um, to test ourselves moving forward because we will do a dry launch at Madison House. We will have, um, you know, food and some kind of um, musical entertainment, but it's not the value of entertainment or the virtue of entertainment. It's, the, it's really the value of the collaboration, the coming together of ones. And the dice, this, you know, the breaking out, if you will, of the information, the unpacking of some of Marley's own message music, and to see how it resonates within our humanity, and whether or not, in of itself, it gives some kind of solution, as His Majesty has already given us. But to use the tools that are within our disposal including the music message music of marley to say how can i and i know use this to relate to some of the challenges of our young people and boy there i know baltimore has a lot of challenges it's not more than any place else but it's you know it, it certainly is um, in the the limelight today um the crime figures are up uh, based on at least the statistics that they give us you know but regardless we know their challenges and so wherever those challenges are we want to be able to represent a solution and while we know rastafari is the solution it cannot be framed as the only solution yes because other good people are doing things yes but they too are seeking uh, the strength and the blessings and the assistance of rastafari and so Rastafari, in turn, will collaborate with those people who seek to do goodness, period. That was wonderful, King Mon. Uh, I just want to uh, share this story before we take a, a real quick music break. But um, I was about five or four years old. My father's a musician, Ross. And um, so he had... I crate, crates upon crates of records and records and records, and uh, so I get my musical interest from him because I used to watch him in the studio do his work, and he used to force me to sing, and you know what I mean. But it was good for me. But he had a crate upon crates upon crates upon records. I didn't know who any of these artists was, so I'm just going off vibrations and what I like as a five year old, and I pulled out a Mari record. Um, it was probably about a few of them. I can't remember the name of the song, but I liked this record so much that I brought it to daycare and brought it out to show and tell. And and that record I played, and the teacher was cool enough to actually play that record for everyone in the class. So when we talk about the events that's happened on the ninth through Marley's message music and how it can unite people, I seen this for myself as a as a youth, as a five year old, and how you united all of the five year olds in the daycare and the teachers, you know, dancing and singing. So um, it's a real great idea that's gonna have a wonderful impact on the city because everyone like Marley music, you know. And this is just me, and this is not Ross Wayne speaking. But I'm gonna speak for myself. A lot of people when they come 
the Rastafari to come through the example or through the music of his uh, of Bob Marley. And some people try to, what's the word, try to bun it out like, you know, Rastafari isn't reggae and da 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 da. It's it's all of that, you know. But however, at track one and ones, it attract one and ones. So it's not shame them in you know coming into the movement or coming to the spirituality or the lighter Rastafari if they came through the music train or the music wagon, you know. Um, and, and that's what it is. Music is, is a universal language. It's, it's supposed to help our soul. You know, I remember the Bible talked about when Dave was giving praise to the Most High. He danced so much playing his guitar that his clothes came off. You know what I mean? Because he was that much in praise and worship, man. It's, it's a serious focus, man, what music can do to us. You know what I mean? So with that being, with that being said, we're going to the first music break. This is from uh, Burning Spear, Rasta Business. I think it's only fitting. That's, you know, that's what we're talking about right now. So bless up scene in about two, three minutes. Just 
commercial drink With some other kind of people is lazy Original trade Arasta business Original trade Arasta business Arasta business Arasta business So we're back. Here we are. We're Ross Swain and your host Ross Shamo on the podcast in the age of him. And just to remind one of ones why title in the age of him, because we are in disp- disposition of his majesty, at least that's how I cite things. You know, he has come, the conquer line of Judah has come. The Lamb of God has came as well too, but now the lion's time is here, and we're still in this age and this dispensation of Him. So we're talking about the age of Him, and in this age, we'll accomplish many things, talk about many things, whether it be from the material level or to the spiritual level. You know, everything composes everything that occupies this time and space, as Ross Swain has stated. You know, so we talked about so far about um, you know Ross Swain's works and. Um, what's going on Idor and you know just to put it out there too as, as well Idor is a body of people you know it's not Ross Wayne alone as you stated in the previous segment that um, him and I is working on a project as well a- alongside a few other people in regards to um, an event we are planning for February 9th and the message music of his uh, of Bar Mali and, and we actually kind of got a sneak peek of it um, I have it on my social media account of a rabbi speaking on how good Barney's message is in regards to spirituality and how it can unify people through his word, sign, and power, which is very powerful to, to have or to hear a rabbi speaking in type of words, you know. So things is changing. Um, you know, the spirit of the Most High is ever prevailing. Like I said, it's the conquer line of the tribe of Judah, prevailing line of the tribe of Judah. So that ing in prevailing means it's continuing and it's not stopping. You see me? So, yes, I. So, we speaking on brotherhood. And um, the next word, son, I want to uh, share in regards to brotherhood is uh, this right here. The joining together in a unified effort to overcome the perils of nature and the dangers which beset man on all sides is the very basis of society and the way in which humanity since the dawn of history has assured its survival that's big because he said that's how in the beginning that's how humanity has assured its survival is people coming together are we finding these times now are people coming together more into their individual cliques or are we coming together as a whole can't speak for everybody but what do you say and what do you see ross wayne in regards to rastafari alone do you see people going in their own little corners or you see more people collaborating and coming together and i want to give you the reference based off of um i guess in the earlier times like groundation 1966 when i see the video of his majesty approaching the kingston airport kingston airport correct yeah kingston airport and the people just flock into the plane you know what i mean the the hundreds of thousands, all the millions of Rastafari people coming to see the King of Kings, I can imagine during that time and period was a very 
I don't know, unifying powerful movement, you know, that shook the whole world. I mean, the word Jamaica, you know, Jamaica, you know what I'm saying? It's just the 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 coordination or the coordination of those words and the people during that time, you know, that was a strong fire. And I guess put it in the words, do you still see that same fire now? Or has that fire in your eyes kind of dimmed? And if it did dim, you know, how or what happened? So it's like a three-part question. <laughs> but I know, you can, I know you got it, though. Come on, blessings again, my brother. You know, the, the identity that is required, the identity that was seen in those times, is... It's really based on event, you know, certain things are catalysts for others, yes? And so, as you, we look at the 1960s and what was happening in the black world, um, you know, starting with what is, happened in the United States, for instance, when you talk about the 1965 uh, Civil Rights Act and just the whole era of black liberation, black consciousness, is majestic comes to us even in the Jamaican space in that within that context yes where there's a, a longing for liberation and a longing for the icon of liber of black liberation and so in presenting himself to us you know it was salvation to us because here it is our spiritual yearning our social yearning you know was being fulfilled in our presence. Africa came to us. The emperor of Africa came to us. The king of kings came to us. As it was written then and established, you know, from that time to this time, the man came to us. So it created that kind of, you know, ado, if you will among the people. People were excited and wanted to express that excitement. But people, you know, we have those ebbs and flows in our, in our, in our daily routine, in our yearly routine, in our lives. Yes? And so, Rastafari as um, a, a mission and a movement requires building. Rastafari the man is, is self-made. Yes, but the movement itself requires hard work. And therein lies the challenge among INI people. Pan-Africa requires hard work. And we see many of our elders and ones who fought that struggle for Pan-African unity, Gavi, Du Bois, among many others. And we see the challenges that occurred because the unity that is required, just as with the Rastafari movement, it requires hard work. And when people come in on the ground level and they first are infused with a sense of excitement, the king came, the king is here. But now the what next in terms of the duty and responsibilities of the individuals, ones many times fall short on that, either because of a lack of preparation, a lack of willingness, or just confusion because you know our framing of Rastafari came from a socio-religious context and within the religious space of that context people expected you know something to happen like like magic 
as is impressed upon us through movies and these kinds of things. But what his majesty expressed to us is that this is work. Africa awaits its creator and its creations for that create for that creativity to take place. Yes? And so, you know, it is not lost on us what we're going through right now, even as a movement and as a people. We're going through a metamorphosis. You know, one of those low ebbs only brings a high after. You know, our challenge is how to sustain the high and not chew weed. <laughs> the I see is to sustain the high through actual continuum of work. The establishment of infrastructures and infrastructural developments that gives us institutions that we ourselves organize, whether we collaborate with others or not, we organize and we can maintain those things because they are now part of our social structure. Those are the challenges. And why the challenges become so real, my brother, is that those things are in direct competition with the optics around us. So for instance, if we were to establish a Rastafari school, it's in competition with the optics of established schools. And ones will therefore make a comparison. It's almost automatic. Oh, it's not like this and they're not doing that and they don't have this. Not recognizing that when you are forming something, you're giving birth to something, it has stages of development and that you cannot birth an adult. And if an adult exists, you cannot compare it to a child. You know, and so I and I people is going through that. And, you know, the enthusiasm certainly is not in the, the, the visual and the optics of our reality right now. We see ones, you know, trying to focus on their personal economic development because some of those things were not done by the elders because they, they, they sort of viewed the thing from a very spiritual context, within a spiritual context, you know, go, just let go Babylon and just go Ethiopia and His Majesty are going to do this, this and this. But even in the context of His Majesty's work, the many years of that work, we saw stages upon stages of development, even to the point of 1974 when the students could not have a context of those stages of development, so they revolted against the emperor. Yes, because they were not there to see one man walking barefoot and, you know, I mean, almost naked and without certain resources. They could, you know, lime, to use one of those, these popular phrases, lime in the city and drink in the bars and have the opportunity through education to criticize and compare his majesty's work to that of which they were exposed in the west it's part of our our just human development and his majesty was not unaware of those things he commented on them he said the youth are ungrateful because they don't understand and that's part of being young and so in, in the context of even a young movement, Rastafari as a movement itself is relatively young in comparison to other established spiritual structures as, or socio-spiritual structures and movements. But Ayanai is never weary and is not hopeless. And this is why Ayanai continue this work, consistently do this work, because 
We are entrusted with a legacy by our elders and their vision and by the work of His Majesty and what He has prescribed as solutions to us. And Aina is confident in that victory. There's no if, buts, and when. Even when we show some level of frustration, it's only within the human context, but we know we have won. In fact, they I used a term earlier that is prevailing, but the emperor before, all the emperors on there, there um, including Johannes Tedros, Tedros um, Menelik, in their, their letterheads, it would say the line of Judah has prevailed. <laughs> there I see it. So, I and I, in the context of Rastafari movement, embrace the fact that Rastafari, the line of Judah, has prevailed. So, even it sounds like past tense and we, we still have work to do, we take that victory from the future because we know we have it. If, but we do the things that we must. If we are consistent and purposeful and organized and we centralize our resources and that's, those are the things we seek to do now. So that His Majesty gets the glory and our people, good people, gets lifted to that space. Yeah? Yeah, man. Fullness. I'm in total agreement with the eye. Um, said a few things that, that sparked my mind too, and um, I reason with these things with myself as well too. Um, how we compare things to a macrocosm or something that's already established, and um, you know, we're, I think we all kind of find uh, find ourselves kind of guilty of that. But let's speak some facts. Let's speak some numbers. Um, His Majesty was crowned King of Kings in 1930. And we're now in 2019, so we say that the, the movement of Rastafari is 89 years old. Come November 2nd, you know, versus the 2019 years, say, Christianity has been out, you know. And coming from a Christian church, there was a lot of division, a lot of um, interpretations in regards to debates or differences that was harped upon or whether it be if he was a Baptist or if he was a Methodist or he was Pentecostal or non-dominational. It was all some type of strife between amongst the divisions, you know. So naturally we should see that amongst Rastafari as well. And, and we see that already. But for those who look upon this so-called division and the disagreements between one-on-ones, um, do not be be not weary and well doing. You know we have to go through this to get where we need to go. And as as Ross Swain has stated, and I, I totally agree. Right now, it's all about development. In the beginning, we had like the foundation, the spiritual, and the, the foundation is still being built in in regards to how we spiritually cite him. But you know, we can't always depend upon the spiritual as well. So we got to put some material things in process, or to, some material things into work. We need infrastructure, we need tangible things. We do need a school, Ross Wayne. You know, we need a Rastafari school, you know. Um, and, and we need we need to be able to employ our people in our community who are also very talented as well too. But it do take unity to do it. It do take investing. It do take trust. It do take a level of loyalty amongst people. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. Trust, I know, it's easier said than done. But, um, you know, you, you know the truth, you know, you know the, uh, what's the word uh, in, in the Bible? You know them by their fruit, you know? People cannot 
fake love in a sense or they can you know but they could try to they could try to deceive you but if you really can see the, the root of where it's coming from they can't deceive you man because people are gonna be in your corner and, and want the best from you and, and just you know hold on to those type of people you know so yes we do need the infrastructure we do need the schools so was that mean what or does that mean because I, I know you said ross wayne that um try to paraphrase it but he said not we need to be high but not weed high you know and he didn't say those exact way but that's how i took it you know and i find that to be very important because you know in rastafari we do burn a sacrament you know and i can speak for myself and i speak for no, my, nobody else but sometimes we can abuse a sacrament you know instead of holding a a, a clear medi um it gets to the point where i'm every day or every other hour you know what i mean it's it gets to a point where your body's love it so much that the spirituality piece left it and not become pleasurable you know so now you have a battle between spirituality and satisfying the flesh um so my question with you then roswin is um from what you see is let me be careful how i access <laughs> the need of a balance between spirituality and material progress as his majesty have said it um but just the need for balance to get where we need to go and identifying the things that hold us back it don't have to be ganja it could be it could be music or food that somebody eat it could be anything any type of vice that someone holds on to you know what really is at stake if we don't have ourselves in the proper control to move on so that's basically the question yeah, that's a deep question. Um, let me first say this. I'm unapologetically Pan-African in Ayman. Um, outlook. And that is perhaps a little different. Or my meaning of that is perhaps a little different from Oh, I meant that 15 years ago, <laughs> even I, so I won't even say what other people mean, yes? Um, we do this thing in our narratives with each other on social media, sometimes even in our writings, where we talk about Africa being first and um, first among nations, first among people, yes? And we seek to own that narrative as a universal truth. And science actually validates that truth, yes? Therefore, as first among nations, Africa, Africans, we also give birth to other races and human constructs, yes? We might not have made the labels, yes? That separates us, but we certainly are progenitors of the human species. It becomes therefore important, if my analysis of self is correct, my current analysis of self is correct and not that of the 15 years ago where I'm blacker than black, which I still am, but I'm not only black, I'm also first among nations, so I'm father. It gives I a context, therefore, to speak to 
my family within the human context, in the larger human context. And when we call for African unity, yes, we're speaking to good people who are birthed out of us. Not only in the space of the continent of Africa or in the spaces of the diaspora of the African continent, but also across the spectrum of our humanity. And that feeds into your question about the balances that are important. Because His Majesty says, um, our various religious institutions militate against our unity, but it's not only the religious institutions that do so. It's also the social institutions and the social labelings within those institutions that keeps us separated. And while it is not of our construction, we have bought into it and have therefore fed into the narrative of division. And we have to be very mindful of that. And I know your question is specific to, well, it didn't say it's only weed, but you started with the use of, 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 of the sacrament. But writ large, our humanity is out of balance. And if we go for the Psalms 82 verse 7, I believe, it says all the foundations of the earth are out of course. It's an important analysis to look at. Where wicked is good and bad is good. And this is a language we reiterate constantly and we put forward in creation. So we're out of course. Man, it's wicked star, it's wicked in a star. But this is the man, bad is here. No, bad has never been good. Wicked could never ever represent goodness. Yet we have, you know, embraced some of these things as we have with these different labels, social and religious and, and political labels to represent individuals and sometimes ourselves. So I and I need to walk away from those things and take a careful look at his majesty's speech, especially the one that speaks of becoming members of a new race, where our allegiance is not just to nation states or the labeling that comes with different nations or ethnicities or, or, or political frameworks, but to say, what is good and decent and, and, and just in this structure and in this relationship between man and man, man and woman, man and beast, nations and people. And embrace those things. And as we embrace those things, we are also saying first to ourselves, what is good in the use of cannabis? That I system, I man system require for the, the meditation that lifts I to a space of not just relaxation but higher spiritual reasoning, higher spiritual meditation, and to be able to connect with God from within. Now I'll give you a little story before I, we seal on this. When I went to Ethiopia the first time, after being there for a couple of weeks, I stopped burning the sacrament. Why? My brother asked me, so why are you stopping as Ethiopia? The idea, live man, full child yourself. I said, you know, my brother, when I was in the West, 
in America or Jamaica burning the sacrament. My entire agitation was toward Africa, Ethiopia. That is all I was agitating on. Just being in that space, connecting with the earth, that earth that my ancestors are from. And that space that is a Zion, a, a, a liberation mechanism for I spirit. But now I'm here in Ethiopia. I don't need that meditation. I am now here. And therefore, I, I was full. I was full. My, my cup was full. I didn't need it to run over. Yes, as related to that. So I say that to say, each man has to recognize the limit of his cup and to take as much as you need to keep that cup full to have it run over I dare say is to have it wasted yes and therefore let us not waste the resource or reach a point of what in economics we call diminishing returns meaning you're not getting anything more and in fact you're getting less now now that you're too, doing too much or you're, it's overkill the time I use whether it is a sacrament, whether it is food, whether it is um, whatever the pleasure is, let us use those things to our full and be satisfied. Yes? Yeah, man. Fullness. When I give thanks for that testimony that you uh, gave in regards to Ethiopia. And for answering the question, you didn't answer the question. I know it was kind of complex. I just had to be very careful on how to word it, you know what I mean? But we did well, you know what I mean? So, yes, I. Uh, we want to seal it up. And um, this is going to be the one of many conversations that I and I is going to have. And um, this is the first one, you know what I mean? But I, I give thanks for the for the time, energy, and space for us, Wayne, truly. You know, um, in this day and age, we have technology. We have these resources, you know. We can publish these things, you know, uh, get the awareness, get the message out there. The awareness is already out there, but just keep the fire going, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, we're just doing the work. We're just doing the work, you know? So, um, before we leave, I just want to bless everyone up. Pray that they have a good, strong, and when I mean by strong, I mean a good week, you know? Um, keep the stress levels low. The stress going to come. It's just how you respond to it, you know? Just keep, you know... Don't let things get you out of whack. Don't let things make you sweat. You know, stay focused on the mission and your purpose. If Africa is your vision, keep Africa on your mind. I think Hugh Mandel sang that song. You know, keep Africa on your mind. If it's your children, if it's your spouse, if it's to maintain, you know, keep, stay focused. Don't let things break you down. Don't let things, you know, put you out of whack. And find ways to just continue to unify with those who... You love and those you may not love so much you know because we all have to work together you see me uh, any final words you want to say Ross Wayne for this for this segment you know Just to say, yeah, man, it, it is I'm an honor again and a privilege to share and I'm and look forward to more sharing and um, yeah it's a love you know Rastafari give thanks Rastafari now, liberty and creation. You are now tuning in to Falu Rast. <laughs>